The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. Three to get ready now, go, don't you? Okay, well, thank you, Elvis, and uh, whoever said he's dead. I saw him down at that 7-Eleven the other day, and he's not working it anymore. He's not behind the counter. He owns three of them. He's managing now. So anyhow, welcome to Dunn's Deal, where I deal the cards and I deal them fairly. And uh, I've got to get started with my own intro. Joe Biden is not the president. He is the thief in chief. He is the pretender to the throne. Donald J. Trump is still the president. And he's just across the channel there. He's just waiting. He's tanned. He's working on his golf game. He's also getting his army uh, all lined up. And we'll come. We'll come again. And it's going to be a revolution. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a glorious revolution. Like the glorious revolution of 1688 in England. Ever hear about that? It was glorious because... The other side ran away. <laughs> uh, it was Protestants versus Catholics, and the Protestants had such a formidable force. They came over in such a, a display, such a show of force, that the, uh, the, the troops under King James, uh, I forget which one, the first or what, whichever, probably the first, just melted away. And um, that's why they called it the Glorious Revolution, because <laughs> they won the battle without firing a shot. So, <laughs> we shall have another Glorious Revolution. <laughs> a shot won't even need to be fired, because the other side will be so scared, they'll <laughs> Just like their president, they'll poop in their pants and they'll run. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. <laughs> so, anyhow, talking about getting cracked up, there's a lot of, some of it's funny, some of the news is funny. And um, I want to weigh in on, on the stuff going in on with Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, no, he's not one of my favorite football players. Uh, in the past, I really didn't like him much, you know. Uh, but I've got to stand with him for the stand that he's making about not taking the COVID shot. I've talked a lot about that here. Uh, the COVID shot's a death shot as far as I'm concerned. And um, I just have some advice for him. But first of all... Before we get into Aaron Rodgers, we once again need to cross the pond because I've got this story here from um, Summit News out of England. And uh, it's not talking about uh, American football. It's not talking about real football. We're going to talk about the other football, you know, soccer. <laughs> and uh, there's a very curious thing with, um, with soccer players. Here's the headline. Is under health. German newspaper highlights unusually large number of soccer players who have collapsed recently. The German newspaper Berlin Zeitung has published a report seeking to answer why an unusually large number of professional and amateur soccer players have collapsed recently. Headlined Puzzling Heart Diseases in Football, that is soccer. <laughs> The report begins by highlighting the case of FC Barcelona's Sergio Aguero, the 33-year-old striker who had recently, who recently 
had to be withdrawn from a match after 41 minutes suffering from dizziness and breathing difficulties. The article lists a large number of recent cases of footballers and soccer players who have had heart problems or collapsed on the field, in some cases leading to death. As we previously highlighted, other professional athletes have also suffered similar health problems, including 24-year-old Slovak hockey player Boris Sedecki, who tragically died after collapsing on the ice during a match last Friday, a 28-year-old bodybuilder, Jake Kazmarek, who also died unexpectedly four days after taking the COVID jab. The Berliner Zeitung uh, article doesn't speculate as to whether the reactions from COVID vaccines had anything to do with the rash of collapses and heart problems. However, it does note that the, that heart muscle inflammation, myocarditis, can already occur in the course of banal virus infections and lead to life-threatening cardiac arrhythmias. A small number of vaccinated people have suffered heart inflammation problems as a result of the vaccine, according to the Wall Street Journal. The article states, Researchers are now investigating reports that Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are likely causing inflammatory heart conditions, myocarditis, and uh, pericarditis. Okay, and then this um, article goes on to list a whole bunch of people that have um, had problems, uh, and you know, on in athletic events. And there's a question I want to ask: Is why don't we have a similar list like this here in the United States? But let me go on. Let's see. Game abandoned due to cardiac arrest of the referee in a game of Lobber SV Donaworth District. Okay. 17-year-old soccer player from JSG Honer Hagen had to be reanimated in the Hanoverish Munden uh, during the game. Uh, reanimated, I imagine that means be resuscitated. Here's another uh, resuscitated one. The Gifhorn amateur player Marvin Schumann had to be reanimated, resuscitated, after a cardiac arrest. Let's see. Assistant referee uh, Kressliga Osberg game. That's a collapses with heart problems. District league player of uh, an old league. I guess that's, you know, 30s and up or something. Had to be revived by his opponent. 17-year-old soccer player Dylan Rich dies of a heart attack during a game in England. He died. Uh, let's see. Um, goalkeeper, coach, goalkeeping coach of SV Nita Pouring uh, suffers a heart attack after a training session. Lucas Surik, 24, of the BFC Chemi Lipzig Club, is out because of a suspected heart muscle disorder. Uh, Kingsland Coleman, 25, from FC Bayern. Uh, Munich had to undergo heart surgery after a cardiac cardiac, cardiac arrhythmia. Let's see. Trainer Dirk uh, Splitsteiser. Uh, these are a lot of uh, European names. Uh, <laughs> they're tongue twisters. And Dirk is from SG Tractor DeWitt's collapsed dead on the sidelines. Hmm, that's not good. Room Kog of the Belgian club, uh, boy, I'm not even going to try that name, from Belgium, suffers a heart attack during the game. Now, a few of these people here are a little bit older, like the 53-year-old football coach, Anatonio um, Campus, collapsed while training with his youth team in Sicily. You could say, okay, well, he was an older guy, probably pushing it too much, but... As I've been reading this, there's been a lot of young people, a 17-year-old, a 17-year-old, 24, 25, 18. Let's see. Diego Forchard uh, from Cannes suffers a cardiac arrest in a U18 league game in St. Leo. 
Belgian soccer player Hint Van Genschen, 25, suffers cardiac arrest in early stages of a cup game. Mm, let's see. Belgium amateur soccer player Jens De Smit, 27, from Malden, suddenly suffers a heart attack during the game and dies a little later in the hospital. 13-year-old soccer player from the Janus Nova Club from uh, Socolo, uh, Italy, collapses on the field with the cardiac arrest. Abu Ali collapses with cardiac arrest during a two-tier game in Denmark. And the last one on the list, I uh, skipped over a couple of them. Uh, Fabrice N. Sakala, 31, from uh, Istanbul, collapses on the field without any action from the opponent and has to be taken to the hospital. These are people who have recently had problems playing the sport that I assume that they love. Um, And usually athletes are in very good shape, especially soccer players. Uh, You do a lot of running during the game, so you would have to do a lot of running beforehand to prepare for it. And I used to run uh, marathons, 10Ks. You know, um, I'd be working, but I'd also find time to train. I'm sure it's the same with these guys, whether they're in school or holding down a job. I'm sure they're they're doing their training um, as well as their jobs or schooling and then playing these games. So you would assume that they are in top shape and... Um, you know, can handle the rigors of going out there and putting the stress on on your heart. You know, running, you know, chasing down the ball and um, kicking. In fact, one of the funny things was uh, I had a friend who came from England and he had played both um, soccer and rugby. And, uh, you know, so I was asking him about the difference between the two games. I was you know, thought they'd talk about how tough rugby was compared to soccer. And he said that he um, he never broke his his legs uh, playing rugby, but he broke his leg twice uh, playing soccer. You know, I guess it's swinging at the uh, the ball, you know, kicking the ball and missing the ball and then hitting the guy's leg or something. So, but we're not talking about that kind of um, accident happening in soccer. We're talking about heart attacks from young, healthy men and women um, who should be at the prime of their life, yet there's this, this bait of, um, of accidents happening on, on the athletic field. And it made me wonder why we're not hearing about that here in the United States, but actually we are. Uh, there's uh, two, maybe three basketball players in the NBA who, uh, because of the COVID shot, have had to end their careers. I know of a golfer. He was uh, a golfer on um, a collegiate team. He was going into his senior year, and he had to um, he had to stop um, playing golf. You know. <laughs> He had a heart attack. You know, that kind of just stops you from doing a lot of things, like living life. And um, I think one of the reasons it's not really prevalent, there's not a list like this in our uh, newspapers, in our uh, journalism, is because it has been propagandized. You're not allowed to write a list like this here in the United States. I'm surprised it got uh, printed up there in in Germany. Of course, uh, Summit News, which is very avant-garde, um, uh, they picked up on it and, and ran with it. I'm glad about that. But this ties back in with Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he he um, he's under a whole lot of heat now because he he tested positive for a case of of COVID. He's, I guess he got some kind of cold, 
and he tested positive. He didn't. Um, he tested. Yeah, he tested positive, but it. They haven't said whether or not he's actually got COVID, but a positive test <laughs> doesn't mean much. Still, he's out for you know. 10 days to two weeks, and all of the sports media is all over his case. And I'm sorry I didn't get uh, clips from them, but um, it was really kind of lame. They, they were going after him for lying because he was, he was pestered about it by the sports media, which is, you know, which is very PC. So, you know, they're always asking, are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? And so he, he replied, uh, yes, I'm inoculated. And he did air quotes, um, you know, uh, for inoculated. So I mean, everybody knew he, he did not get the shot. That's what they were asking. Him. Did you get the shot? And obviously the answer was no. He said, I'm inoculated. You know, whether he meant, um, you know, natural immunity or, you know, maybe he's taking, um, you know, hydroxychloroquine or something like that. He said he was inoculated with air quotes, which means, no, I'm not. Just shut up, you guys. I'm tired of your your stupid question about it. Um, and now, you see... The sports media is not attacking him for not taking the shot. Terry Bradshaw, and I forget to who the other guy w- was, was all over him for lying about inoculating, about being inoculated with the air quotes. But, you know, when he does the air quotes thing, it's, remember when you were a little kid, you know, and you, you, you had to promise something to a friend of yours, but you'd cross your fingers and put them behind your back? Well, crossing your fingers meant that... You, you weren't really telling the truth. But you weren't lying because you were crossing your fingers, you know. I mean, it's, it's stupid kid stuff. Rogers could have been a little more forthright about it. Uh, he said he's done research on it, as I have done. And I've found a lot of, um, of reasons to not take the shot. And you don't have to be cutesy about it. You, you don't have to do the air quotes thing. You know, when you've got journalists um, coming and asking you if you've gotten the shot, respond with, did you see the VAERS report lately? You know, uh, right now it's up to about 17,000 people who have died from taking the shot directly from taking the shot. Uh, there's there's hundreds of thousands of people who've gotten myocarditis, which, you know, we wrote, read that a couple times in the article there. Um, uh, people have gotten Bell's palsy. In fact, um, Gavin Newsom had disappeared from, he's the governor of California, and he's, California is pushing big on getting the shots, giving the shots to to kids. And I've got an article about uh, why we shouldn't give it to kids coming up. Uh, that'll be in the second half. I'll time this out good. Um, anyhow, California is pushing it really hard. And so is Gavin McGinnis. And he disappeared from sight for about 12 days. And... Word has it that he had gotten myocarditis because he took the shot on um, um, October 27th, a couple days before Halloween. And then, I mean, this guy is always trying to, uh, you know, get in the limelight, get his picture taken. You know, the most dangerous place for you to be is between Gavin, um, did I say McGinnis? Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom. And a, um, a camera, you know, <laughs> don't stand in the way of a camera with him. But he had Bell's palsy for a little while, so the story goes. And he was in hiding. And he did come out. And he was at a wedding for um, uh, a coffee heiress or something like that. So he, he came out of hiding for a little bit. But there's not a whole lot of pictures about, uh, 
you know, showing him out with his smiling face, you know, glad handing and everything. So the point that I was making there is Bell's palsy is a common uh, problem that you get with this shot. But Aaron Rodgers didn't go that route. He gets cutesy pie. He says, oh, yeah, I've been inoculated. Of course I have. You know, not. Yeah, he, he meant no. Get, now, get out of here. Go on to the next. Go ask me something important. Ask me something about football. He couldn't just come straight out with the information. And I don't know if he's got all that information, you know, on hand to say, well, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see these? Even though he said that he's um, done research. Of course, if he came out, you know, both barrels blazing, then the media would really hate him. They hate him even more than they hate him right now. But looks like there's a caller on the line, so let's see what's on their mind. Go ahead, caller. What's on your mind? Hey, James. What's up? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is some hot water. Now, why are we to believe that he really has this coronavirus and they're not just making a mockery out of it because they can? It's because they're going to have fun with him. The uh, podcast that he did, he's got the most deadly disease in the whole world, but he's totally fine. He had had a little cold. He had the sniffles. You know, but the the NFL is just so bonkers on uh, on these COVID tests. You know, they're just so PC, and most of the teams have taken it. You know, that, and they're very. Have proud. they really taken a shot, or, or they just get shot up uh, with some vitamins? Now they they um they have all these COVID protocols for vaccinated, non-vaccinated. You can't lift weights in the same room. You can't be, but they can go to the huddle together. Makes a lot of sense, huh? Well, it's makes a lot of no, it does not. It, it's all it's all BS, and Aaron Rodgers realizes that. And there's a danger. I mean, some people have had you know repercussions to it. You know, a couple guys in the, in the NBA had yep. quit. Now it doesn't mean that he would, but why take the chance? I mean, look at Kyrie Irving. He's he's saying, forget basketball. You know. Of course, he's, yeah, yeah. he's been paid millions of dollars already, so he can afford to sit a year out. But he know? can't. He's not getting paid for the home games because of the uh, garbage laws that New York put. But think of it, James. Say I gave you two choices. James, you can have any suitcase. This suitcase has $17 million. The other one has $27 million. Which suitcase are you grabbing? $27 million. Yeah. Exactly. So people say, oh, he really, he's getting this. Yes, yeah, still, the dude's losing a lot of money for something that he, that he believes in, something that I agree with him. And consider this for a moment, James, right? Yeah. We're taking health advice from a man that likes to torture puppies. Think about that for a minute. Oh, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, I was going to say, what, what, does, what does Michael Vick have to do with it? No, you're, you're right, yes. Him and Michael <laughs> Vick have something in common. <laughs> he's telling you to stick yourself with a needle. Yeah. And he, he, you know what I'm saying? He, he killed minority kids and uh, poor kids, uh, you know, in the 80s with, with the AIDS epidemic. He, he did tests on them. And There's so much dirt on this guy, and our government does nothing. That's why our government, we, we currently have the most useless bunch of job turkeys in government that... Well, it, it, re, it, reflects in a major, it reflects a majority of the people. A majority of the people in this country believe anything Fauci says. We're in trouble, man. This country is in trouble. You know what? Afghanistan, the Soviet Union in Afghanistan, they call the man different, but basically the leader of... of, of of the Soviet Union, they, they went through four during their time in Afghanistan. I think it was Brezhnev, Andropov, Chernyenko, and Gorbachev. United States and Afghanistan, we went through four presidents. Bush, Obama, Trump, and yep. Biden. And then we're going massively in debt. I'm trying to that's wake crazy. people up to this. <laughs> what is really going on in this country? And, and that's why I think we're going to get what's coming to us hard, man, because so many people in this country... Are, are ill-informed, and they ridicule those that are informed. Yeah. We're in trouble, man. This this great nation is in a lot of, lot of trouble, man. 
I know. They, they ridicule you if, if you talk about hydroxychloroquine. Um, I, I oh, that's the whole thing about Aaron Rodgers. They're making fun of him because he took uh, ivermectin, which works. If, and if you don't think ivermectin is a human medicine as well as a horse medicine, then you shouldn't eat Cheerios ever. Don't ever buy Cheerios because that's oats. Horses eat oats. Horses eat apples. Horses eat carrots. Horses drink water. Don't ever drink water because horses drink water. You know, I mean, yep. that is the logic that we have gotten to. Oh, ivermectin is a horse paste. Well, yeah, it's used as a dewormer for cattle, but it's it's got a a, it has a dual There's use. There's a human ivermectin. Those people are going to get There's their two anyway. uses, yeah. Hey, do you know any um, gunpowder snort and rabies-infected pit bulls that we can send to Fauci's house? <laughs> Ask Michael Vick. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, man. I'll talk to you. Peace. Okay, peace out. Okay. Yeah. On that note, let's take a commercial break here. And let's see. What do we want? Oh, yeah. Right there. James Dunn of Dunn's Deal is producing his first video documentary. Here he is to tell you about the documentary that he has written. The Battle of Jutland is a sea battle in World War I that has long been forgotten, but it was instrumental in the start of that conflict. Most historians are familiar with the killing of Archduke Ferdinand in Serbia, claiming that that was the reason for the war. That was only a flashpoint. The naval buildup by Germany at the turn of the 20th century was the real reason for it. Germany dared to challenge Britain on the high seas. There was only one major naval battle in the war, the Battle of Jutland. Germany bested Britain, but still lost. Then they decided to re-engage in submarine warfare, something that was sure to bring the United States into the war. Watch for the documentary of a shrouded piece of history that shaped the 20th century. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. Okay, welcome back to Dunsdale for the second half here. And I want to talk a little bit about the last uh, commercial we had there about Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. Yeah, that's my new book that I have out. I just uh, put some money down on a new advertisement deal. Uh, it's going to be, <laughs> I'm in the 21st century now. It's a social media advertising. And so I guess my, uh, you know, my uh, book will pop up all over people's pages. Hopefully they want it to pop up there. So 
But it's a great book, if I do say so myself, and it's a book about a war between the colonists and the Indians here in this area of, of Rhode Island, of Massachusetts. There's many places where there's, uh, there were battles. There's the Battle of Nipsichuk, which took place in Smithfield. There's uh, a, a battle that took place out by Grant Mills, I've been told. Uh, there's the Nine Men's Misery uh, a Memorial that's, that's in Cumberland uh, by the Cumberland Library. And uh, there, there was so many battles around, and this is such a historical uh, spot. And it was a war between the colonists and the Wampanoag tribe. Then it, it grew to including the Nipmucks and the Narragansetts, and a host of other other tribes joined in. It became a mess. It was a was. <laughs> uh, it was a very dark time for both sides and very bloody encounters. But exciting piece of history to learn about, especially since it's our history right here in the in our own backyard. And my book is available. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. And... Um, I'll look for other places where I can uh, sell it at and make it available. But it's a great book, great piece of history of local lore, and you'll really enjoy it. It's an easy read. It's only 140 pages or thereabouts. And I tell it through the, through the eyes of a storyteller. And guess what? The American Revolution. There's a guy in the American Revolution telling a story about a local hero a hundred years prior. <laughs> so if you can deal with that, you'll love it. So anyhow, that is my book, Captain Benjamin Smith and the and the King Philip's War. Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. Why did I say Smith? Can't even get my own... Uh, book right, Captain Benjamin Church in the King Philip's War. So, get it, you'll love it. Anyhow, let's get back to the news. And this article here about why you should not give the shot to your children. We were talking last week, or was it two weeks ago now, that the FDA has approved the Pfizer shot for kids between 5 and 11. Well, most of those people in the FDA are either bought off by Pfizer or Moderna or uh, they will be soon. They'll get, you know, they'll get nice cushy jobs at Pfizer and Moderna if they ever leave the FDA or maybe they'll just get uh, nice cushy jobs at the FDA because the FDA is in the business of approving medicines. Not making sure they're safe for you, but getting them out there and getting them into your bodies, whether they're good for you or not. Pfizer secretly added heart attack drug to children's COVID vaccines. But why? Now, remember that first story I had? We were talking about athletes, young athletes, you know, in their teens, in their 20s, in their 30s, getting heart attacks, having car, uh, cardio, um, having heart attacks. What's the word? Myoditis. Um, um, Let's see. Cardiac arrest. The word is cardiac arrhythmia. Myoditis. Damn it. The word will come to me in a minute. Anyhow, they'll have cardiovascular events there. How's that? Um, all throughout that article, there were people ha having problems with their hearts. And these were people in good shape. They're, they're healthy, strong bodies. You know, and kids, you can't say they've got... I mean, they can be a healthy kid, 
but they're still developing. Their bodies aren't as strong as an athlete in his late teens, early 20s, you know, early 30s. So guess what? Pfizer said, no, we shouldn't give it to them because it doesn't affect them. Children don't get COVID usually, like 99.9% of the kids don't get it. The ones that do, 99.9% of them get over it and have the antibodies for life. But Pfizer wants to make sure that these kids get the shot anyhow. And so does the FDA because Pfizer owns the FDA. Anyhow, let's get to this article here. Is Tris being added to these children's uh, vials to cover up the cardiovascular events that they, they cause or at least minimize them? A newly released document shows that the drug giant Pfizer added a secret heart attack drug to the children's version of the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine. The Food and Drug Administration Advisory Committee that voted 17 to 0 to approve the jabs for kids as young as 5 was notified that the children's formulation of the drugs contain trothamine. I don't know how they get tris out of trothamine because there's no S in trothamine, but it's called tris. Anyhow. Uh, the FDA was told that the, the new formulation of the drug contains trothamine, a chemical that reduces blood acidity and stabilizes people who have suffered a heart attack. Why would you need a drug being given to a child that, <laughs> that stabilizes a person who suffered a heart attack unless the drug causes heart attacks, and they want to mitigate that. Think how diabolical this is. (laughs) This is a drug manufacturer that doesn't give a darn about the health of your child. They just want to make sure that the PR blowback isn't too bad. Because if they just give the straight dose and yeah, they cut it down to one third the size of a of uh, an adult dose, that isn't that nice. Good, you're not going to give them the uh, the super supreme uh, shot. You're just going to give them the baby shot, the smaller version. But it's still it has that possibility of of messing their heart up of giving them heart attacks myocarditis that's the word i couldn't spit out before myocarditis anyhow to provide a vaccine with improved stability profile the pfizer biontech covid-19 vaccine for use in children of 5 to 11 years of age uses uh, tro- trothamine Trothamine. It uses the trothamine buffer instead of the phosphate buffered saline as used in previous formulations and excludes sodium chloride and potassium chloride. This new formulation document, uh, this new formulation of the document further reads, must be stored at a different temperature than the adult version of the injection. Without so much as a second thought concerning this ingredient change, the FDA granted emergency use authorization for this new drug to be administered to children as young as five. Now, many of us want to know why Pfizer felt the need to replace PBS with Tris in the children's version of its Fauci flu jab, this article goes on to say. Does the company know that without it, fully vaccinated children will likely experience visible heart attacks? Is Tris being added to these children's vials to try to cover up the cardiovascular events that they cause or at least minimize them? Why is none of this being reported by the mainstream media? That is the question here. Why doesn't why why aren't 
the mainstream media, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, and the sports stations all over Pfizer for sneaking in this, this uh, you know, blood thinner drug that's going to be put into little children. What kind of effects this is going to have, who knows? How much will they have to cover up the deaths and the, uh, and the poisonings from this? But the media turns a blind eye. Oh, I can't see it. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is nasty. He takes ivermectin. That's made for horses. Ha, 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 ha. I'm so funny. Good Lord. The first caller that I had here, though, the only caller today. I think his name is Rob. Um, he was he was saying this country is lost because they don't realize that they're being lied to. People, this country is being lied to big time. We're taking a killer shot, and we're going to give it to our kids. And we're going to kill the next generation. That's real smart of you. Now, if you're an adult and you make a, you make a choice, you know, this uh, the job or my job, and you know, my question is: Is your life worth your job? Is that job really that good? I quit mine, but I hated it. And I'm doing better without it. Not, I know not many people are in that position where they can gladly walk away from what they did. And, you know, uh, there was a little bit of trepidation on my part when I did it, too. Oh, God, am I so glad I did it. (laughs) And, no, I haven't stayed at home. I traveled all, well, not all over this country, the East Coast. Here down to uh, Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, New York. Oh, I've been all over the place. All over the place. Oh, and for you FBI guys who are listening in, because I dared say that Joe Biden isn't the president, I was at <laughs> I, I was at the insurrection. Yeah, matey. Oh, come join my ship. <laughs> oh, fly the Jolly Roger, and we'll cause insurrection everywhere we go. Ha <laughs> So. <laughs> I should play something just just for that. I, I, I got to play this. There we go. Land ho! Okay, and next up is Barnacle Bill. Aye, matey. Ah, little pirate song. So anyhow, don't give your kids the shot. If you do, <laughs> you'll never be a grandparent. Let's see, maybe that's what you want out of life, just an empty, dull life. So anyhow, let's go across the pond again. Change the uh, (laughs) things up a little bit right here. Because how many of you are familiar with uh, some of the politics in France? There's a woman by the name of Le Pen. And uh, she's going to be running for the uh, presidential position over there. She's the daughter of, let's see, her name is Marine Le Pen. I forget what her father's name was. It was something like that, Marcus Le Pen or something. And she's, um, her and her father were considered far right, those neo-Nazis there in France. And um, 
She went to Hungary, of all places. You know, uh, one of the, the Eastern uh, uh, Black countries. Uh, and she had this to say. Presidential candidate Marine Le Pen has warned Hungarians to avoid the fate of France by refusing to capitulate to mass immigration. Yeah, just like we've got people <laughs> flooding our border uh, in at Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and California. Uh, they've got the same problem. France has had that problem, and they're losing their culture. They're losing France. France is hardly a French or hardly a European country anymore. Um, uh, Hungary's dealing with the same thing. So is Poland. It's an attack by the globalists. And when I say globalists, I mean the people that run the UN and the World Health Organization at the UN and Klaus Schwab who runs the World Economic Forum which pretty much tells the UN what to do on uh, economic policies these are globalists that are trying to destroy western countries the countries that have freedom that 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 have free speech that have freedom of mobility, that have a middle class that, that can produce um, more people from the middle class and can, can produce a stable country, like here in the United States. The United States has done the best of it, but we, we learned it from, from Europe. Let's not kid ourselves. You know, we're, we're glad, <laughs> we're pr- proud to say that uh, it can only happen here in America. Well, <laughs> we learned from the Brits. We learned from Greco-Roman stuff. Um, we learned from Europe. But Europe is under attack by the globalists, just as the United States is under attack by the globalists. Oh, and if you want to see where we're going, check out Australia sometimes. They are practically under a a tyranny there. I mean, Adolf Hitler would be proud of what the um, leaders in in Australia have done to shut down that country. But all the Western world right now is under attack. And this is Marine Le Pen talking to the Hungarians. Okay. Okay. Uh, And she's the head of the National Rally. The National Rally leader made comments during an interview with newspaper Mandinar. Uh, Viktor Viktor Orban, who is the president of Hungary, is not exaggerating at all. 85% of French want to stop migration. If I could give one piece of advice to the Hungarians, uh, Le Pen is saying... Take a good look around the world at what is happening now and be careful not to get the fate of France, she said. Le Pen has vowed to hold a national referendum which would put a halt to immigration if she wins next year's presidential election. The populist candidate said that her foresight on the problems, mass immigration, would lead lead to have been... Now, this is a weird sentence. The populist candidate said that her foresight on the problems of mass immigration would would have been proven accurate. It's still a weird sentence. She would have been proved right. And she has been proven right on it. So anyhow, it's a bad translation, I would assume. If someone recognizes a phenomenon early on, but it is only confirmed later... He was still right. It was still correct, she said. We saw the problem of immigration 20 to 30 years ago, and we articulated it. And in retrospect, it turned out that our perception of reality was correct. What was then described as radicalism has now uh, become a recognition for many nations. Yeah, you know... it may be too late for Europe to wake up and see the problems that, that they um, they welcomed, you know, because 
Oh, we have to be nice to the immigrants. Oh, we've got to be touchy-feely. Oh, oh, oh. We can't say anything nasty. We can't say anything like tell them to go home. No, you're not welcome. (laughs) Go home and fix your problems there. Don't bring your problems into our country. But we can't say that. We should. You know, sometimes protecting your home, your homeland, uh, takes a little bit of guts. Sometimes it doesn't look nice. If you beat the crap out of someone that's breaking into your house, you know what, that's not going to look nice. But he broke into your house. If you shoot him, you shoot him dead because he broke into your house... Oh, well, you'd be in big trouble. You'd be like Kyle Rittenhouse, who I hope gets acquitted on all charges. It looks it's looking good for him, but we don't know. But let's get back to the case at point because I've got three minutes left, and um, we've <laughs> we've got a man up here. Um, we've got a wussified nation. That will not say no. We're not going to take this. We're not going to deal with it. Turn around. Go home. And, of course, we've got a leader that poops in his pants and God knows who runs the that administration because we allowed a steal to happen because Orange Man bad. Oh, I don't like Orange Man's tweets. So I, I'll put up with a steal. I'll close my eye. I'll say, oh, no. Those, those ballots weren't stuffed underneath the table down there in Georgia. They weren't pulled out by the suitcase and counted again and again and again. Oh, they didn't do the same thing in Georgia. Oh, they, they didn't recount ballots. Oh, there wasn't 200,000 ballots found in, in, in Philadelphia that were shipped over by truck from New York, which is illegal to do. No, none of that happened. Supreme Court didn't want to look at it. And this country doesn't want to face the fact that we had a stolen election. We've got an incompetent boob in the White House. He's being run by Obama or whoever. And our country is going to fall apart around us. A million... Uh, illegals have crossed the border. Um, there might be 10 million. And you know that the left will demand that they get the right to vote. So, anyhow, that has been Dunn's deal for another week. <laughs> have a good weekend. But if we don't know what's happening around us... I'm just better off taking a look at the real stuff. Anyhow, back again next week for more stuff. This is a Dunn's Deal. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in Friday evenings at 6.05 for Jim's perspective on the issues of the week. You're listening to WNRI Woonsocket.